Welcome to another episode of Design Under Influence. Today, we're going to shift gears slightly, but um, exciting show nonetheless. It's Friday when we're recording, so happy Friday to those of you who are listening on Friday. If it's a Monday, don't be sad. Friday is coming. I want to introduce my co-host and also our guest today. Um, so let's say, Boris, say good morning or hello. Good morning. <laughs> hey, as always, I'm Boris, and uh, today is a good morning. I'm a little slow, though. Um, I'm, I'm the co-host, and we have here with us Brian McCartney uh, from Artmark. I'll say more about Brian. Yeah, Brian is the chief creative strategist and the co-founder um, of a company called Artmark, which is a specialized marketing or branding agency and branding agency for architecture firms. Brian, how are you today? I'm great. I really uh, appreciate you guys having me on. V very cool. We're going to unpack, clearly, those of you who have listened to our show and are listening to the show, you're like, okay, what is this going to be? Technology marketing? What are we going to talk about? Well, we are going to talk about, talk about growth and how technology is connected. It's always connected to all of your endeavors as a, as a business owner, as an architect. And, you know, look, you have operations, Right, and technology is woven into your operations. We've talked a lot about that, but you also have growth. If you don't have growth, I've mentioned this in many shows, it's sort of sad. It's sort of sad shop, right? You you sort of everybody's staying the same. There's really no opportunity for your team, for your employees. So you, as a founder, is ultimately responsible. To, you know, if you don't want to be huge, but at least have some sort of uh, fresh new clients coming in, you know, good size profits um, and all that. So Brian's going to help us unpack some of that. And I want to start with what do you see out there, Brian, in your experience? Uh, a, a typical, uh, let's say a pretty good architecture firm of 15 to 25 people. What would they spend on marketing per year? What's the budget like? Oh, wow. That's that's a good question, because I, I think, to be honest, um, most firms at that size, they probably have a marketing coordinator. They might have a director of marketing. But uh, in reality, these people aren't really focused on marketing. They're typically focused on putting together proposals putting together presentations and maybe doing some PR or media relations. But in terms of like marketing and lead generation and bringing uh, new opportunities into the firm, I'm really not focused on that primarily, at least not in my experience. Now, some some firms are. I, I don't want to make that a blanket statement. Uh, in terms of what they're spending, I mean, you know, I, I would imagine you got to you got to factor in the salaries of, of, you know, maybe maybe a small team to two to three people who might be involved in the marketing efforts for the company. So, uh, you know, whatever, whatever that might be. I mean, that could be anywhere from, you know, uh, maybe maybe uh, maybe a couple hundred thousand up, you know, in, in terms of salaries and all that. But on then, the revenue uh, of what? On a revenue of what typically, like two, three million? Well, okay, let's say, let's put it this way. I think I think the Small Business Administration says that you could, you should be spending something like anywhere from, 
I think as low as three to as much as 10% on, on market. I've heard eight to 10, eight to 10 more aggressive. Eight, yeah. Eight, so as a marketer, eight, we're like, yeah, yeah. spend eight, spend 10. Yeah, but you're exactly. right. Somewhere between five and 10. Realistically, realistically, you're talking like 3%. And if you're talking like a firm like that size, let's say 15 to 25 people, most of your marketing activities, what you, what, what you and I would know as marketing activities are are involved in like things like going to events, right? Like uh, attending conferences, uh, doing maybe um, hosting events for uh, potential and past clients, things like that. The glad handing, the networking, the relationship building. In today's world, I mean, that stuff is still very important, but in terms of like, from a marketing perspective, um, that's really more tied to the business development side of things, right? Mm -hmm. And it's it's not it's not the part of it's not what I refer to as the marketing part, which is actually bringing the new opportunities into the firm. You're 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 building those relationships in the hopes that you'll strengthen those relationships with those potential leads and clients and stuff like that. But you're not actively bringing in the new opportunities. You're not going out and trying to. Uh, connect the dots between what people need and, and, and the realities they're facing with the solutions that you're providing as a firm. And so that's where I think I get hung up a lot on this, um, this question of like, like, what should people be spending? Well, it's all relative. You know, if you're if if you're going after high value uh, projects, you should be spending more money to get those high value projects and, and, and all of your marketing. And let's talk about marketing separate from business development. All your marketing should be uh, relative to the goals that you've set, right? If you want to grow by 20 percent in in the year, then that's pretty aggressive. So let's let's increase the marketing spend so we get more opportunities to have conversations with people who might become clients. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm answering the question directly, but I think that, you know, to put a number on it, it's really hard because it's going to depend on your specific goals. Well, you just did, uh, right? You just did. So for the, yeah. you know, from what I, from, from what I understood, it's, it's like, look, a lot of this goes to business development, you know, and, and, and throwing out quotes and bidding on projects. That's, yeah. that's really, you know, we could call it RFQs and RFPs and yeah. yeah. Right. Um, that's business. And, and that's what I call. So that's what I call reactive. You know, that that's the reactive part of business development. Right. So there's a proactive part of business development, which is what I re that's the marketing part, if you ask me. Right. That's the part that a lot of firms aren't really so let's highly start, engaged in. Let's start unpacking that, Brian. Um, so, so the reactive is where right now a lot of the budgets go. And yeah. it's, it's required because, you, you know, at, at the end of the day, you're going to submit a lot of bids and you'll si sign something and you'll start working. Sure. But for, for you to up the quality of the bids or uh, bid opportunities and up the volume of the bid opportunities, you have to do the proactive, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, again, it, it has to align with your goals, right? So, you know, I know a lot of firms right now are, and in, in for the past year, because of COVID, it's all about workplace, you know, and how are we going to improve the workplace? How are we going to improve, uh, make retail safer, right? Because this is not the last pandemic we're ever going to have, right? Uh, we, that's that's what they're telling us, right? This is this might be just the tip of the iceberg. The next one could be God knows what, right? So 
architects right now, uh, there's a lot of thought leadership going on. Thought leadership is great for the industry. It's not great for getting clients, but it's great for the industry. Um, but the, uh, you know, if 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 you want to be in that running uh, for those kind of projects and be uh, be start being considered for that, then that's the that's the that's kind of where your marketing should center around. You should be doing active, proactive, active uh, marketing to kind of show people that you have expertise in those areas and that you can solve the problems of the future. And and some firms are doing that, granted. Like I, I, you know, I saw a lot of stuff coming out of some of the big firms like Gensler and HOK and things like this about workplace improvements and what's the workplace of the future. That's great stuff. I think you know, the firms that you're talking about, those 15 to 25, if they want to be part of that conversation, if they want to get in on uh, what's going to happen in corporate America and in, 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 in the world uh, in the future, they need to be actively and proactively going out and showcasing their expertise to get people interested in having those conversations with them. And, and so here begs the question, right? How, like what's some of the ways you recommend for these architecture firms who don't have Gensler's budgets, but are interested in leading the way, do feel their position correctly, do feel that's their yeah. duty and calling, how would they allocate or spend? What would they, like, give us some tips and tricks. So my starting point for any firm is your web presence. And I'm, I'm specifically, I'm not saying your website because your web presence is bigger than just your website. The web presence can include your Google My Business listing. It can include you know your social media profiles, your house listing, whatever it may be, right? So you want to make sure that that web presence is designed to be, bring people back to your website, and then you should be having mechanisms on your website to capture leads. And what I mean by capturing leads is getting people interested in your content so that they either subscribe to a newsletter or schedule a consultation call or an introductory call, or they download a piece of content that you have developed to answer some of these questions. And then everything should be aligned around those goals we talked about, right? So, so if your goal, again, is workplace, uh, improvements uh, post COVID, then you know you should have a you should have articles on your on your website on your blog that talk about your expertise and and how you're solving those problems, uh, the talent, the experience that you have, et cetera, case studies, what some people call white paper articles, but helpful, informative articles that tell people how to prepare for these situations and how to make improvements. All of the all of the messaging, all of the communication that you're doing, not I mean, not every single thing, but, you know, a lot of it should focus on that idea of how you're the right solution for your ideal client to address uh, this challenge. Does that make sense? Am I dialing it in? <laughs> it's it's for sure. It makes sense. It makes sense. Absolutely. Um, yeah. From, a, you know, and I have a marketing head. I want to ask Boris, like, because, you know, I've done what you do for 10 years and I've sure. built a digital agency. So yeah. I, I saw how the impact of focused, focused education and outreach to your perfect client 
impact the business. Like, oh, yeah, you're not everywhere. You're not solving, you know, workplace problems and retail. You're also solving, you, you, you know, refineries and, 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 and how to make sure they're safe. Like, yeah, you can't. But if you focus on one kind of client and, and you really like passionate about solutions, you develop passionate content that speaks to that passion and then distributing that content in those channels. Uh, but that's that's difficult, isn't it, Brian? Like that's not easy to do. It's easier to do when you have clarity and you have that focus. And and here's the thing. I'll give you a very simple example. I have a client who has a five person staff. He, uh, you know, some of those people remote during COVID. He, we, we had just completed his website, I think in April of last year. So just after COVID kind of came on board. And one of the goals that we set out, we started in January, we worked on his website, we had some, some delays because of COVID. But, but what happened was, is that we had set out in January to focus on positioning him as an expert in nonprofit architecture. So he likes to work on these projects that are suited to nonprofits that need a campus style um, location. So uh, an example is an animal welfare, uh, like an adoption rescue kind of facility. And um, and he's also done work for, uh, you know, trauma therapy uh, uh, organizations and things like this. But we did his website. We, we clearly outlined his uh, his kind of involvement in nonprofit, and we we also you know create we helped him to create some blog articles uh, about his expertise in, in helping nonprofits. And what we then started doing once we got all this stuff kind of situated, we started using LinkedIn. And, and this was specific to him, but we started using LinkedIn to connect him with executive directors from nonprofits. So, you know, you, you think, OK, we've got this clear message. We we started this campaign where we're out, reaching out to these people within two weeks, Alex, two weeks. He had a six million dollar project working for an animal rescue organization that was building a new campus and just because he had that that focused message that clarity about what he was providing and and the value that he could bring and and by connecting him with those people it just you know stars aligned and i'm not saying that you you know everybody's going to get a you know a dream project in 2 weeks yeah but it could be 2 years but you will whatever this is the yeah. way to put yourself in a position to to actually get those projects you have to do the background you have to do the you have to do yeah, that work yeah you you got to put you got to you got to lay out hey these are our goals this is what we want you know this is the thing that architects talk about all the time they like complain well people come to me and they don't value me they don't understand what we do they just they just want drawings or they just want to stamp on their plans or whatever well, here's the thing. If you if you're talking about the right things, if you're creating a message that is going to resonate with the people you really want to work with, they're going to come to you not as somebody who can give them a drawing or stamp their plans. They're going to come to you as somebody who can answer their questions, who can help them through guide them through the process. They're going to come to you as an as the expert that you are. And that's what you want. That's what we're going for. We're not trying to just get new business. 
What we're trying to do is help our clients- Get the right new business. Yeah, get the right new business and be seen as experts in what they do best. I got you. Boris, do you have, like you as a CEO of a company uh, without necessarily any marketing background, do you see any sort of, or do you have a specific question around the approach of what Brian just discussed, creating sort of an infrastructure of who, what you, first of all, focusing on, on who your perfect client is, then create an infrastructure of, of how-to articles and information on how you can help those clients, and then letting it out there, and then potentially creating a campaign to actually outreach with some of this content to the decision makers in this industry. I mean, do you, does that make sense to you? Is it easy to understand? Of course. And I'm I think that's, you know, that's why we, that's why I started this company, right? To focus specifically on architects and engineers, solve problems of architects and engineers with technology and make sure that it's their competitive advantage. And this is what we do, right? We try to help as much as possible in this particular field. So this is our approach. And I totally agree that that's, I, you know, in, in my humble opinion, that's how every business owner of a small business uh, should approach their uh, marketing as well. Yeah, so yeah. focus, I call it focus and care versus squirrel. Um, squirrel, yeah. squirrel, squirrel, right. squirrel, 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 squirrel. Well, and that's, that's the thing. I get a lot of pushback from architects and they're like, well, if we're focused on our ideal client, isn't that going to uh, put us out of the running for other projects? Mm. Actually, the opposite is true <laughs> because because when you position yourself as an expert, right, people see you as a level above everybody else. Let me tell you, we have looked at 550 plus architecture firm websites. I know. I have seen them. We continue to study these websites and we look at them not just for whether they're performing well or not, but also what's the key message? What are they trying to uh, uh, communicate? How are they how are they communicating their value? And the thing is, is that most architects position themselves as generalists. They do not position themselves as experts or specialists. This is the reason for this. And, and, and Brian, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna mention this. The reason this is not just architects. Every industry. The reason for this is we, I know, as brother. Business owners, I know. We are worried that we're gonna miss a big one if we oh, yeah. only Listen. we just cast our net all the way through the river. You know, we'll get them all. This is this is the fallacy of entrepreneurism, right? Is that we think that and, and here's the, it goes like this. First of all, you start a business because you think, ah, I can do something different than anybody else. Right. That's the thing. You, you start the business because you see this opportunity and you think you can fill this opportunity. Then you start a business and you think, well, wait a minute, I need clients so instead of focusing on the thing that I thought I was going to be different, that was going to make me different and stand out, I need to dilute my message now and just be anything to anyone. And now anyone's a client. So, hey, I'm going to stand over here. I'm not going to look any different than anybody else. I'm just going to blend in. And what happens? Nobody gives a shit. And, and so, so, so if you want to be... If you want to be an entrepreneurial architect, if you want to biz, build a business uh, because you have a passion or you know that you can serve a need, then grab onto that with 
tight fist and don't let go of that ideal because that's what makes you different. That's what makes you stand out. That's what makes people take notice. And when you stand out as a specialist, you don't just stand out to the people that you serve. You stand out to everybody because the people you serve are going to be better served. And they're going to tell other people, wow, these guys really know what they're doing and they can help a lot of people. And that's how you become a success. That's that's that sounds good. We got to wrap this up. But Brian, I tell you, both you, me and Boris will live our own. We eat our own dog food. Why? Because what? Arcmark's focusing on only helping architects. Yeah. Arc IT is only help. So so we're not we're not just spouting, you know, some I'm not making this up. I'm not yeah. making it up. Yeah. <laughs> we're living it up. So so um Brian, this was fantastic. For folks who are watching and want to connect with you and pick your brain on some things, maybe even bring you in, how would they find you? What's the easiest way to find you? All right, there's two ways to basically get in touch with me. Go to arcmark.co or send me an email at uh, info at arcmark.co. Let me know that you saw me on the show and, uh, uh, you know, let's start a conversation. There's also a, a page on my website that you can you can schedule, schedule a 20-minute intro call with uh, me or my team. But I, I'm on LinkedIn a lot, and um, I would love it if you're watching this and you're on LinkedIn. Go to LinkedIn. Go to the little search bar up at the top and type in Brilliant Brian. I spell my name differently. I spell it's Brian, but it's Brian with a yo, B-R-Y-O-N. So uh, Brilliant Brian and uh, put that into LinkedIn and you'll 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 find me. You'll find me. You'll know me. <laughs> Sounds good, Brian. Hey, thanks awesome. a lot for dropping awesome. some wisdom nuggets. Uh, Boris, you want to close it out with your favorite? As always, remember, technology is your competitive advantage. See you guys. Cheers, everyone. Thank you for watching.